Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well. Or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. Welcome to the newest edition of Bruce the Sports Doc, as well as Spencer the Wizard in Wiz City. We're kicking off the new year of 2013. We want to wish all of our listeners a very happy new year. We also want to thank Jeff Spinard, the president of the Voice American Network, for giving us the good graces to continue our show into the new year. And we certainly appreciate Jeff's allowing us to do so. And he's a wonderful guy. We look forward to interfacing with him soon. We also want to thank Ray Ellis, who is the director and producer of Voice America Sports and who is our illustrious producer and director And um, certainly Ray and I have spoken often throughout the last year and during the last week. And we are preparing a pre-Super Bowl live show. And in that show, Spencer the Wizard Grossinger will be participating actively. So having said that, I'm going to turn it over to my co-host who's going to offer greetings to the audience. Hey, what's up, everyone? Uh, Happy New Year. Uh, It's 2013 and uh, we're... You know, I just want to relay all the messages that uh, Bruce has already laid out. You know, uh, again, we're just thankful to be, um, all, you know, in a wonderful situation here at, at Voice America Sports. We thank everyone who's working with us and who has helped us got here. And uh, also, we wish everyone out there again just, you know, happy and healthy New Year. And, um, you know, it's really a good time of the year. Um, it's exciting. We got some sports to talk about. And, um you know, it's just it's just fun being back. We had a nice uh, break, but now it's uh, time to get back to work again, and uh, we're excited. I'm excited to be back. So, yeah. Well, this is our first show since we had our uh, our holiday break, and we'll try to bring you guys all up to date. The first, the breaking news right now is that after months of bickering, the National Hockey League has settled. That is Donald Fear, who's the representative of the players, and Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL, have agreed on a 10-year extension of the contract between the players and the ownership of the NHL. And because we're now in approaching mid-January of 2013, this will require that the season be limited to approximately 51 games. And after that, presumably 
there'll be regular Stanley Cup playoffs, and hockey is back. So we certainly want to, uh, we'll, we'll be looking at various comments from our listeners with respect to emails and other uh, communications as to whether you, you, you miss hockey, whether you're just upset and aggravated about hockey, just say, uh, you know, you're not even going to watch it because you're so sick of these labor negotiations and these lockouts, or whether you're, you're truly excited about hockey returning. And uh, my own opinion is that the regular season in most sports is too long, and that a 51-game regular season for hockey is just about right. And, you know, here we have the Philadelphia Flyers in our market in Philadelphia. And, Spencer, what are your thoughts about the hockey situation? Well, I, I mean, the hockey situation sounds very similar to the one that we experienced over the NBA lockout last season where the players um, want more money, um, but the owners, again, you know, don't want to um, give up what they're receiving. Um, I know that I'm a very passionate uh, playoff hockey fan. Uh, you know, growing up in Philadelphia, the Flyers uh, playoffs is usually usually um, th- they um, can make the playoffs, and uh, it- it's exciting, really, playoff hockey in the seven game formats, and and really like overtimes of playoffs are really exciting. The regular season, I must admit, um, I don't tune into that often. Um, but it's just great to see that hockey is back. Um, a lot of my close friends follow hockey. Um, and just having this uh, season come on, I think it's, uh, it, it's a success that they uh, negotiated a deal. Um, this season, I bet that the 50 games will be very competitive. It's unfortunate that in some ways you can't have an 80-game season because they're going to probably have to stack up the games and have a lot of back-to-back games for these teams. But I bet the, the playoffs will be just as good as they were you know, a couple of years ago. And um, I think there's a lot of fans like myself that are just very into playoff hockey and Southern Def Overtime and, uh, and that sort of thing. So, well, let's, uh, let's segue to another sport that we do follow uh, closely, and that's the sport of NBA basketball. I'd like to just briefly highlight two different teams who are really having great years. First is a team that's typically forlorn, and that's the New York Knicks. They're, they're having a great year. Certainly Carmelo Anthony is, is doing great. Tyson Chandler is a rock on that team, and Jason Kidd is leading the team. A lot of us thought that with the departure of Jeremy Lin – that this will have a negative effect on the Knicks, but I think they're having a uh, a really great beginning of the season, and they seem to be, along with the Miami Heat, the the class of the Eastern Division. I I, I think that the uh, New York Knicks are um, are coming together. Um, I believe Tyson Tyson Chandler down low is really an inside force that that team has been looking for. And Carmelo Anthony, you know, he's a guy who's been overshadowed by Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and Kobe Bryant. And a couple years ago, he led Denver to the Western Conference Finals, and he's kind of gone to New York, his personal choice, and really wanted to, um, to go on and 
get get to that level. And right now he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. I really think last summer in London helped him and gave him confidence when he was able to start on that Olympic team and practice against the superstars of the sport and really know what it has to take to compete with them. And he's been shooting in the three-point shot well, Carmelo Anthony. He's been playing within the Knicks offense, and they're doing a great job of finding him. And also the X factor on that team, along with Jason Kidd, who's a stabilizing veteran, um, is J.R. Smith. That guy has been winning a lot of games for the Knicks down the stretch. Um, He's been hitting clutch and tough jump shots at the end of games to win it. Um, He's a fiery guy that can come in and score in bunches, along with Steve Novak. So they just have a lot of perimeter weapons right now. And it's smart to stack up your NBA roster with veterans such as Jason Kidd and Tyson Chandler, Um, two guys who have won. Uh, championships and Jason Kidd has been for the ringer of the NBA playoffs very often. Well, I'd like to then flip over to the Western Division, and my team of the year so far would be the Los Angeles Clippers. A team we've always liked, certainly. Uh, we've got Blake Griffith, who is a uh, highlight film, who is a, a tremendous dunker and defensive and rebounding presence, and Chris Paul, a very exciting player. It just seems like the L.A. Clippers, they're a team that never quite gets over the hump. They're usually overshadowed by other teams in the West, you know, sets, of course, their uh, their mates at the Staples Center, the L.A. Lakers, who are uh, having their, uh, their own problems with chemistry. But it seems like the L.A. Clippers are having great chemistry, tremendous winning streak, exciting team to watch, and certainly, along with the, the Oklahoma City Thunder, who's when they when they get hit their stride, they're very dominant, and they they completely blew out the seventy sixers the other night, which was like watching a uh, an elementary school team play against a pro team. They completely toyed and dismantled the Sixers. Likewise, the San Antonio Spurs toyed and dismantled the Sixers, and the Sixers are certainly very disappointing without uh, without Andrew Bynum, and he may he may not play at all this year, and it looks like they traded for a. Uh, uh, but you know they could have traded for a uh, bag of hockey pucks, who would have done just as well as Bynum has done, and they've they've lost players in that trade, such as Nick Vucevic, who turns out to be actually playing very well with his new team. So the Sixers are downtrodden, boring. We are season ticket holders, and there's not enough uh, cola in the stadium to keep us awake or to even motivate us to go to the games. Let's talk a bit about the Clips. The Clippers just have a lot of guys who can who who are just production who got who guys just come in and just do their job. Uh, the 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 straw that stirs the drink, so to speak, is Chris Paul. Um, he's just he's just my favorite uh, point guard to watch, and I think he might be the league MVP right now. Coming from New Orleans, this guy took a Hornets team, took them to a couple uh, Western Conference Finals, actually won, but he. Uh, he won playoff series in New Orleans when they really didn't have a lot of pieces there. And then he comes to um, Los Angeles and he just facilitates that offense. He's just 
a magnificent dribbler, and he's just such an unselfish player, and he really can find passing lanes where no one else can find it. You then have Blake Griffin, who can rebound, who's developed a really a better jump shot, who can hurt you now from the perimeter, and he just continues to improve. And then you have DeAndre Jordan, a freak athlete, seven-footer. Him and Blake Griffin inside together, they have their inside parts covered. Um, and then you look at guys that can really just produce and score points in bunches. You have Karan Butler, um, and then you have Matt Barnes, who um, is just an NBA a journeyman. He's been in the league a long time, a veteran, and knows how to play. Willie Green, who could shoot the basketball. And then Eric Bledsoe. Now, this guy's one of the most exciting point guards in the whole league. They're very deep, the Clippers. Jamal Crawford, again, I mean, this guy again, can score points at the end of games, can create his own shot well. So the Clippers just have a lot of guys that are very productive and they just really go about their business, have great chemistry and are having a lot of fun together. Um, and again, you know, the talk this off season was about their, uh, the, again, their mates in, in LA, the Los Angeles Lakers. And right now the Clippers are just going methodically about their business and uh, it's impressive to see. Well, it looks like we uh, the first segment flew by. We certainly appreciate everybody listening live on Voice America to Bruce's Sports Talk, 5 to 6 here in the East. And uh, whatever the calculation is for you guys in the Valley of the Sun where we produce the show. And we just touched upon, in our introduction, the return to the NHL. And we talked a bit about the high-flying teams of the NBA. Stay tuned. We'll be back in three minutes as we dive right into divisional uh, wildcard weekend and a preview of divisional playoffs next week. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. 
Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm a neurologist, paid practitioner, and sports doc right in the Philadelphia metropolitan area. I work with other doctors. The name of our practice is Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. If you happen to be listening to our show and either you or Fred, your relative, needs the type of treatment that we give, please give us a call. In Pennsylvania, 610-521-6064. And in Wilmington, Delaware, 302 636-0920. We'll be very happy to to see you and arrange a consultation. And please note, when you're scheduling with us, that you heard Bruce the Sports Soccer, you heard about our show, and certainly uh, our receptionist will will be very happy to hear that. Without any further ado, let's jump right into Wild Card Weekend. And the first game that I'd like to cover is a game that has... uh, it recently ended as far as this uh, this airing, and that has to do with the Seattle Seahawks, my Cinderella team for the playoffs, and the Washington Redskins. The final score, Seattle Seahawks 24, Washington Redskins 14. This is certainly a story of one quarter and three quarters. That is, the first quarter, the Washington Redskins jumped out with a 14-0 lead. RG3, two touchdown passes, and the skids were rolling, and everybody at D.C., the, the, the crowd was excited and prepared for their first playoff win in years. And then there was a tale of the last three quarters where young phenom, six-round draft choice, Russell Wilson, demonstrated all of the qualities of a very mature, excellent quarterback. Despite his small height, he essentially does everything well, right down the line. And in the end, Seattle beats Washington, and they get propelled into the divisional playoff next week, playing the Atlanta Falcons, the number one seed in the NFC. Matty Ice in the Georgia Dome, and that is going to be an exciting game. So first, I want to, uh, we're here pouring over the scoring summaries and statistics, and I'm going to turn it over to my son, co-host, Spencer the Wizard Grossinger. Wiz, give us your breakdown of Seahawks skins. Thanks a lot, Bruce Sportsaki. That was a great introduction. Um, And uh, to me, this was probably the most intriguing and exciting game of the weekend. You had Washington, again, as you pointed out, they got out to, to a lead. Um, I believe that the Seahawks are going to win this game to start. And uh, the the uh, the game started out rather interesting. The, the Seattle Seahawks had a lot of trouble stopping the run. Alfred Morris was chunking up yards. And the Washington's O-line really gave RG3 protection 
and he was able to find receivers like Pierre Garçon down the field, and it started out 14 to nothing, and you were wondering how the Seahawks team will respond. You have a rookie in um, Russell Wilson, and Pete Carroll and this team was um, flew from Seattle eastward to Washington, and in the second half, or in the second quarter, rather, it was just so impressive how they were able to come back and it really started from the ground game. Marshawn Lynch today um, was absolutely huge in this game as he accounted for a 132 yards on 20 carries, and he was pretty much there the entire game. He was fighting for every yard. He was gr- he was grinding it inside of the tackle box, and Russell Wilson just, he's really mature beyond his years, in my opinion. He took this game down 14 to nothing. He didn't rush things. He just he just got first downs took what the defense gave him during this game there are a lot of times when Wilson had a lot you know a lot of time in the pocket to throw the ball but he would dump it short to the tight ends to Zach Miller or throw like the five yard out and and you know Russell Wilson um just again was a great game manager the Seahawks dominated the second quarter um with time of possession and that was huge um and that's what pretty much separated this ball game was Seattle's ability to hold on to the ball and the drives really were unbelievable I think there was only six possessions in the whole first half the Redskins ate up the whole clock in the first um half uh first quarter and then the Seahawks were able to dominate the second quarter um Robert Griffin's knee was really a problem throughout this game. If he was healthy and he was able to run, um, I believe this could have been possibly a tighter ball game. But again, Seattle's D-line really woke up. Their cornerbacks and and secondary, I think, are the best in the league right now. Um, And again, Marshawn Lynch would just say... a pretty dominant performance. I think this was probably one of the best performances in his career. Definitely on the biggest spotlight for the Seahawks. Well, medically speaking, as a sports medicine doctor, we knew coming into the game that RG3, Robert Griffin, had a um, either a grade 1 or a grade 2 LCL, which is lateral collateral ligament straight. There was some controversy, actually, in that famous Dr. James Andrews, who happened to be on the sidelines of this game and was on TV during the game, stated that when the original injury occurred, that he had not cleared RG3 to return to the field. And that kind of arose a Pandora's box about whether Mike Shanahan you know, put it back to the game prematurely, possibly risking the, 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 the franchise uh, quarterback's uh, knee. But one thing was for sure, they did clear him to play today, but during the game... I believe it was the end of the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter. Griffith got sacked, and and he was limping badly up until what turned out to be the final straw in the fourth quarter. A bad snap from center. It looked like RG3, again, twisted his right knee. The slow motion showed that his, his, his knee and foot seemed to be everted in a, in a non-physiologic fashion, and he was down on the turf. He could he couldn't even bring himself to even move towards the fumbled ball, and then he was down on the field, and 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 everybody you know, w- w- they were down on their knees praying for him. Um, slightly encouraging sign is that he was able to limp off the field eventually. He wasn't taken off in the cart, 
but we really have to be concerned about whether this game today against the Seahawks caused further injury to his right knee, whether there is any involvement of other ligaments such as the ACL or MCL, or whether he suffered any cruciate damage, and, and whether there was any dislocation of the knee. Because at least in slow motion, they replayed it over and over. It looked like there was a twisting motion and that his knee bent in a somewhat non-physiologic fashion. And from that point, um, really, there was, um, there was the Redskins really didn't have a chance. The C- Seattle had taken the lead, and it was mop-up duty for the, uh, for the backup quarterback. The first quarter really worked for the Redskins because they were able to run the football effectively with Morris. Once the Seahawks really saw Robert Griffin's leg, and unfortunately when you have a knee injury, it's as a quarterback your footwork is so important to drive off that leg and really get power throwing the rock. And He just didn't have that um, stability that he usually has when throwing the football. And he looked like he was about at 60%. That's even giving him more... um, he, he might have been even below half his percent today uh, on the field. So once the Seahawks, you saw from this game pattern that when their offense was able, the Seahawks offense was able to drive the rock down the field, as long as they were able to convert and eventually take a lead, you knew it would be tough for Robert Griffin to uh, to really have a long drive and establish a long drive. And, uh, and that's what really happened. The Seahawks were able to shut down Morris and then they were able to get off the field rather quickly on the Washington's drives. And then again, Russell Wilson was able to do a great job, along with Marshawn Lynch, of just wearing down the defense, just getting those 10 yards every time and moving the ball. Um, Heizanga had uh, three field goals. And, uh, and yeah, I mean... Um... Well, uh, we've got to move it along here. So... Uh... Second favorite game of the weekend was the Ravens-Colts. Certainly um, emotional homecoming and perhaps home leaving, actually, for Ray Lewis, uh, 17-year veteran, definite first ballot Hall of Famer. And this was a game that was punctuated by excellent play by Joe Flacco, who threw for 282 yards. And the, the MVP of the game was Anquan Bolden. Uh, 145 yards, five receptions to the touchdown. He was a man amongst boys today. He uh, just extended, uh, just just played a phenomenal game, and the Ravens' defense really collapsed on the pocket on Andrew Luck, and this game was uh, was not really a close game. The final score was 24 to nine, and the Ravens, you know, played at home, an emotional game. And the Colts certainly had a great year coming back from 2-14. and 14. Andrew Luck, who may well be the uh, rookie of the year. But it was just too much. And, and, and Flacco was really on, and he, he threw some good deep balls. Anquan Bolden was a man amongst boys today. He just he made some unbelievable catches, and one once he got his hands on the ball, he was able to really bring it in. You look at I think that the most important event so far in these playoffs has been Ray has actually happened before the playoffs of so Ray Lewis's Ray Lewis's retirement speech. This game was fun to watch because you had uh, Chuck Pagano, um, and he 
had to battle with cancer, and right now, thankfully, he's doing better. So the Colts had heavy hearts this season, and Bruce Arians did a wonderful job filling in. That team really rallied and had a nice year. Ray Lewis retiring. This was his last game ever in Baltimore, Maryland at M&T Bank Stadium, where he's played for 17 years. And his teammates, they really want to make this a successful playoff ride. I just thought that this was a case of just one team that's been there before, a veteran group of guys, and Joe Flacco, Ed Reed, Ray Rice. The the scenery in Baltimore, they they do a really good job of keeping the players really consistent and re-signing their guys. And people in ba- the players in Baltimore don't usually switch teams that often. And uh, right here, you knew it would be a tough game for Andrew Luck to come east to Baltimore um, and for a team in the Colts that's inexperienced in a lot of areas to come in and uh, and win. The, the Colts were able to move the ball a little bit, but once it came down to the red zone, they weren't able to put up touchdowns. The Ravens D held them strong. Um, again, Bolden opened up the game along with a Ray Rice screen pass in the second quarter was a big play. Look for this Baltimore team going forward to really put a scare to Denver. Um, if hopefully we have time in the next segment, I really want to get to the uh, to this week's games because I have some interesting evaluations of what I see. So, so thanks for listening to Bruce the Sports Doc. We'll be back in three minutes. school to the pros we we cover everything everything. let your voice be heard voice america sports dr bruce grossinger is a board certified neurologist and managing partner of grossinger neuropain specialist serving the philadelphia and wilmington delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine pain management interventional spinal surgeries and occupational medicine dr bruce is the director of the national sports concussion program and works as a senior medical advisor for the national high school coaches association We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at BruceTheSportsDoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit BruceTheSportsDoc.com. Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com.
You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You're listening to Bruce the Sports Doc on the Voice America Network. Um, it's a pleasure to be with everyone again, and we're having fun talking about some NFL football and rewinding uh, last uh, weekend's NFL Wild Card Weekend. So we go now to Super Saturday. We rewind the clock, and we head to Reliance Stadium in Houston. Um, this game really turned out the way I expected. It was pretty much a carbon copy of last year's game. You had the Houston Texans, who had a magnificent regular season, but dropped two games, Minnesota um, and at the Colts last weekend. And really, this Houston Texans team just was one of the best AFC teams all year long, and it wouldn't be appropriate for them to lose in the first round of the playoffs. They really deserve to get this win and go forward. Um, Cincinnati, really a good story. Again, they were able to make it back to the playoffs, but honestly, I don't really think that they made that great of strides to be able to go in the Houston and win. Andy Dalton still looked like a young quarterback, and A.J. Green was great in the regular season, but in this game, the the Houston D-line, J.J. Watt, and that defense really dominated the game. Arian Foster, um, really... That he's really the bread and butter of this team um, when he runs the football the way he did. And he got 140 yards on the ground. Um, Matt Schaub, he converted for downs when he needed to. Um, in this game, really, if Houston would have converted in the red zone instead of kicking field goals, it would have been an absolute blowout. They let Cincy hang around, and just Dalton couldn't get it. it Dalton just couldn't make anything really happen um, in this ball game. So, what are your thoughts on this game? Well, I agree. Um, playing at home, the Texans had a great year, and they really started tailing off and fading, kind of circling the drain, heading into the playoffs. The the Bengals were moving in a different direction. They seemed like they had a lot of momentum. Um, and basically, uh, Dalton was talking about, you know, the Bengals having uh, been in the playoffs two years in a row. And essentially, looking at the first half, it was almost, you know, essentially the Bengals scored seven points in the second quarter. But that was a defensive touchdown. Yeah, pick six. And it was a pick six. So if you look at the first half, Probably, well, I, I think, not saying probably, definitely, Eddie Dalton only threw for six yards in the first half. Yes. It has to be a minimum. That has to be a low for the whole season, even for the lowly Eagles and, and some of the other lowly teams. Yeah. So I think it was almost th- that dominating defense carried through into the second half, which really wasn't heralded. Was, I must say, kind of a boring second half. And there were field goals scored by the Bengals in the third and fourth period, a field goal by the Texans. But... Basically, the second half was like kind of watching like a pitcher's duel or ch- kind of a chess match. And ultimately, the Texans, you know, squeaked it out. They, they ran out the clock at the end of the game. Uh, Arian Foster got crucial, you know, first downs. Schaub, you know, completed 29 passes. So he really, you know, doesn't get a lot of, of, of print. You know, they're, they're kind of, you know, buried down there. And Schaub's really a, a workman-like quarterback. And he's been around a while but just a very steady performance by the Texans. And certainly when we, we do our preview, it's, it's, un, it's unclear whether they could take it to the next level. 
And then the last wild card game, even with Christian Ponder, I don't think the Vikings were going to beat a team like Green Bay twice. Um, you saw the formula for disaster for, for Minnesota. Even in their last game with Aaron Rodgers clicking on all cylinders, you knew the Vikings wouldn't have the same offensive production that they had in the Dome. They were fighting to get into the playoffs, and Peterson was going for Eric Dickerson's record. That was a, that was a great win for Minnesota last week over the Packers, and, a, and really a nice story for Leslie Frazier taking this team from three wins to ten wins. But, but right here, the Packers are going for a Super Bowl, and I think Minnesota is just kind of creeping up to that playoff level. So Joe Webb got the start for Ponder because of a hurt shoulder. Um, this game really went like I expected it to. I mean, for a guy like Joe Webb, playing in Lambeau Field versus Aaron Rodgers and Clay Matthews, B.J. Raji, that whole you know Green Bay scene up there, that, that that's not a warm welcome to open up your season when you haven't taken a snap all year. So a pretty predictable game here. Rodgers was able to throw the ball well. Um, John Kuhn with some receiving touchdowns, 24-10 Green Bay. <laughs> Yes, uh, that was certainly the game to miss this weekend, and I, I must say I didn't see too much of it. I, I looked over uh, at a restaurant, a glance at the set, and when I saw it was 24-3, it was game, set, match. Um, again, the, uh, the Vikings were overmatched. That last touchdown at garbage time really, uh, you know, the, the game was not as close as the score indicated at 24-10. The Packers uh, have a lot of momentum, and I think – uh, we'd like to lead right into the preview for next week. Yeah, so right, let's get it. let's get down to it. So and we've got to go to Candlestick first. To uh, 49ers Packers. Oh, absolutely. We'll go to go to Candlestick. Right. I, I personally believe and I agree with you. We've talked about this. The winner who emerges from 49ers Packers, I believe, will be representing the uh, the Super Bowl uh, for the NFC. Two powerhouses. It's going to be exciting. You've got Aaron Rodgers, razor sharp. Can pump the ball to the to the smallest windows. In my opinion, the best overall quarterback in his prime, heading into San Francisco with a great defense at home, and I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I this game reminds me a lot of what might happen last year with the Saints coming in Drew Brees' high powered offense heading into San Francisco and. I agree with you we, uh, that this this winner of this game will represent the NFC. So right now I'm going to get to my prediction because I want to get to all, th- all four of these uh, divisional matchups. This is the hardest game to predict, but I think Aaron Rodgers right now is too hot. Um, the Green Bay Packers are getting healthy at the right time. Greg Jennings is back. Jordy Nelson um, and just and James Jones in this receiving core. I think that they'll be able to go into the high 20s with San Fran. Colin Kaepernick's first game in the playoffs. I believe he'll make probably a costly turnover. He, I believe, will play well. Um, but I just see Aaron Rodgers just um, kind of picking this 49ers D apart. It's going to be such a tight game because Harbaugh so motivated to get this team to the Super Bowl in only his second year. It's going to be a great and classic slugfest out in San Francisco. It's a hard game to pick, but right now I just have a lot of confidence in the Green Bay Packers. Again, with their offense and their defense, I think it's going to make enough plays to win. I'm going to go with the final score of this one to be 28-21 to 21 Green Bay. Well, um, pretty close to my analysis of the game as well. 
I'm going to go 24-17 Green Bay. Just a tad more defense, a few more, a little bit more chaos. But I do believe Green Bay will emerge victorious. Aaron Rodgers just has too much experience. So let's, uh, let's flip it to the other game we alluded to. Uh, Seattle at Atlanta. My prediction is upset city. Uh, Russell Wilson in, in Seattle. They're going with Marshawn Lynch, a great defense. In Atlanta, just, you know, th- their pedigree is underperformance in the playoffs. Albeit they had a great year. They have a wonderful home record. And Matty Ice at home is, is pretty unstoppable. We've got, you know, great wide receiving core, Tony Gonzalez for the Falcons and a really fast indoor turf. But I just I just think it's Seattle's year with respect to getting past Atlanta. And I remember the Giants Atlanta game last year where obviously it was in New York and uh, Atlanta just didn't even show up for that game. So I can't explain exactly what happens between the regular season and the playoffs, but given that scenario, given how how big Seattle came today and their wonderful year, their all of their momentum through the year, I think it's going to be an exciting game and I, you know, frankly, my Cinderella team is Seattle. Yeah, well, um that's that's great analysis. I think a lot of people would agree with you. Um for Atlanta, their running game, Michael Turner, I just don't think he'll be able to get it going versus um, Seattle's defense. Um, and I think that Seattle's D really matches up well with the wide receivers of Jones and Roddy White. Um, I think that the story is if the Seahawks can get pressure on Matt Ryan, which I think they'll be able to do, if they'll hit Matt Ryan, kind of roughing him up a little bit, I think that the Seahawks have a really good chance of coming in here and beating the Atlanta Falcons. I know that the motivation is really high in Atlanta, and a lot of people are saying it's their time. I'm going to go with the Seahawks, though, because I just think the running game and how hot they are, I really like to see them ride it out. And I, if the Seahawks had to go to the San Francisco or Green Bay, I wouldn't pick them. But, again, I just like them going to Atlanta – um, and I think that the Seahawks are going to get the W twenty to fourteen in Atlanta. Okay, uh, you're going with twenty to fourteen. I'm going to go for a higher score this time. I'm going to go to a twenty-seven twenty-four exciting wow. shootout, and I'm going to pick. Uh, I'm going to pick Seattle. You know, to win the game in wow. in regulation. Now let's uh, let's flip to the AFC. Yes. We've got the uh, the Ravens going to the Broncos. Yeah. Um, Peyton Manning has been spectacular. <clears throat> Comeback player of the year. You know, there's no, nobody even close. They're playing at home. Their fans are rabid. And I'm going with the uh, I'm going with the Broncos in this okay. game. I think it'll be Ray Lewis's last game. I just don't see the Ravens coming west and beating the Broncos in at Mile High Stadium. Uh, well, this is where things are going to get a little spicy in my predictions. Um since Ray Lewis is announcing his retirement, you look at this Ravens team with Jim Harbaugh. They've just never been able to get over the top. They've been so close to that cliff. And last year, Lee Evans had that ball in his hands to propel them up to a Super Bowl rank. Since Ray Lewis is retiring, this whole Ravens team, the motivation just went up about 10 10 increments in that locker room and on that practice field. I think they're going to have a wonderful week of practice. This is my Cinderella team going forward. And it's funny I say Cinderella, but you got Tom Brady and Peyton Manning in this side of the bracket. But right now, I really think that the Ravens will be able to shut down the running game. I think Peyton Manning will get hit in this game. 
I'm taking the upset special. I like Joe Flacco and their experience going into Denver and upsetting Denver. That's right. I'm taking this game to be 23-16 to 16 Baltimore over Denver. I'm taking Denver over Baltimore 21-13. And finally, the, the last game that we're going to touch upon, I think we should have to uh, dwell on it very much, is the uh, – the Texans going to New England. Yeah. I'm predicting Tom Brady and the Patriots blow out the Texans, and it's not even a game. Uh, too much experience, too much Belichick, and not enough, uh, not enough Texans. And in that game, uh, throw out a number, the, the, the Patriots have had really high-scoring season. I'm going with, uh, I'm going with 35 to 14 Patriots. Yeah, I think that the story of this game comes down to Matt Schaub and the passing offense. I just don't think he'll be able to keep pace with Tom Brady. I think the Patriots will really D up on Foster in this game. I think the Texans' defense, I'm going to give them – I'm going to cut them some slack here. I don't think they're going to go up into the 30s. I think it'll be 24 to to 15, I'll just say – I think it'll be uh, the New England winning this game pretty handily. If you had to pick your confidence picks, I, I really think this is the most confident pick I have is New England advancing to AFC Championship. I agree as well. And um, in the fourth segment, I am going. it's going to be our shortest segment because we've taken so much time on the NFL analysis. We want to thank Spencer the Wizard Grosser. He's going to be departing on to his next uh, journey. And I will be talking about RG3, I'll be talking about lateral collateral ligament strains, diagnosis and treatment, LCLs. And uh, I hope you guys stay tuned to the end. Uh, Thanks. We'll be back in three minutes. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the fourth and final edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. As you can see, this will be our short segment. We've... uh, Devoted a lot of time to the uh, NFL playoffs wildcard weekend. And I want to touch upon the sports medicine uh, story of the week, which is Robert Griffin III. RG3 went out with a gruesome knee injury. And this was in the fourth quarter. You'll recall a bad snap from center. And RG3 fell to the ground. And the right knee twisted underneath him at the time we go to air today which frankly is um late sunday and this will be broadcast on tuesday that's what you're hearing now the full extent of the injury was unknown Uh, an mri was scheduled and i listened carefully to mike shanahan's post-game press conference he basically stated if you didn't pull him out of the game then you should get fired and we saw robert griffith walked off the field under his own power. Of course, he was wearing a, a knee brace, and that is always a concern. That is, if he did suffer any additional injury beyond the lateral collateral ligament, that is, um, if he suffered a dislocation of the knee or an ACL tear, uh, even a cruciate injury, having that brace in, enabled him to walk off the field. And it's unclear whether he would have been able to do so without the brace. We might have seen. Um, the cart come out. But um, kind of a, a sad end to a great season for RG3. And we want to talk a little bit about the uh, the injury, the original injury, which is the lateral collateral ligament strain. It was not a full tear, an LCL strain. And also I want to refer to some comments by Dr. James Andrews, who happened, to, who's the famous orthopedic surgeon, who happened to be on the sidelines for the Washington Redskins and had a chance to evaluate RG3 during the game and at one point allowed him to return to play after a, um, a minor nick in the first period. Obviously, the fourth quarter looked like it, you know, at least visually devastating, and our hope is that uh, there's no further ligament damage. On Sunday, Dr. James Andrews, the sports surgeon and one of Washington's team physicians, told USA Today that he never cleared RG3 to re-enter the December 9th game and expressed concern, noting that there was a prior right ACL tear in 2009 while playing in Baylor. He was concerned that he could re-injure the day. So I think that's a very good point that in discussing the injury, not only do we have the LCL, which is a ligament on the side of the, the knee, and of all of all the ligaments, if you're going to sprain one, the LCL would be the one to do. Certainly the ACL is an important ligament in the front of the knee that keeps the knee from sliding forward. 
that's the most important ligament. And the ACL injuries, as you know, are especially the tears are, are the most uh, long-lasting, usually requiring surgery, usually a year out. You think of an Achilles tear or an ACL tear, it's usually, it's almost always a season-ending injury requiring surgery. So the LCL, the, uh, the, the diagnosis, of course, is instability and tenderness lateral to the knee. The diagnosis can be confirmed with an MRI of the knee, and the treatment really is, um, is, is rest, ice, elevation, and uh, eventually mobilization of the knee and bracing of the knee. And many athletes can return to play within a short time. In this case, Griffith returned, you know, actually played in the game, although apparently he wasn't cleared to return. A little bit of controversy. Mike Shanahan didn't really address that in his post-game press conference, but um, it was almost like Andrews kind of threw, threw the coaching portion of the Redskins under the bus and perhaps absolved himself of any uh, culpability for the December 9th game. I think it's a good time to talk about how we as doctors, uh, sports doctors, orthopedic surgeons alike, how we actually grade the tears. Using the Roman numerals, we have grade 1, grade 2, and grade 3 LCL tears. The grade 1, of course, is the mildest one. They're able to return to the sport quickly. Most athletes miss 1 to 2 weeks. This, from all accounts, sounds like the RG3 original injury. A grade 2 tear does involve some instability. When, attempt, when attempting to cut or pivot, there's much more swelling, and usually athletes require three, three to four weeks of rest. RG3 did not require that. In grade three, which is a complete tear of the LCL, significant pain and swelling. Usually the injury occurs when the knee is bent too far inwards when stressed. And so this LCL tear is, um, is the worst. Now, We've talked a lot about knee injuries and treatment of acute knee injuries in our shows, and a lot of the same themes uh, recur when we talk about treatment. Following the acute injury, the patients are best to not be weight-bearing. So in this case, you know, if you have a right LCL injury, you usually see the patient on crutches, allowing the knee to rest. There's also the application of ice. What this does is it controls swelling, and it stimulates blood flow to the area of injury. Also, anti-inflammatory medications, there's a whole host of them. Most commonly, you'll be familiar with naproxen, ibuprofen. There's a whole host of trade names of generic anti-inflammatories. That's very helpful because it controls the swelling and prevents inflammation. Uh, One difference in the modern care of knee injuries as opposed to the older care is early range of motion. So if there's not a complete tear, there's continuity of the ligament and tendon, we advocate uh, immediately beginning to exert range of motion on the knee and some basic knee exercises to restore mobility. Often it involves knee extensions and also strengthening the antagonistic muscles of the knee, which uh, is located, you know, not surprisingly, in the back of the knee or the hamstrings. And also as well, doing range of motion and treatment of the ankle. When there's a knee injury, oftentimes the abnormal kinetics of, of, of walking and certainly running cause there to be some secondary changes distally in, in the foot and ankle. So it's very important when they're doing physical therapy to also treat and also keep be mindful of gait disturbances, 
and problems with the foot and ankle, as well as other secondary problems that could creep up in the back area when somebody's limping. Oftentimes, they'll develop unleveling of their back, something we call the sacral base in medicine. And uh, there's often secondary back pain and treatment. So, you know, as doctors, certainly at our practice, we'd like to take a holistic approach to an injury. And when there is a knee injury, we, we, we look carefully for secondary or compensatory problems with the foot and ankle complex, the hip complex, and the low back complex. The time is growing short here for Bruce the Sports Doc. I want to thank all those in production that help that always help us to expedite transferring our audio clips to Voice America. They they know that I like to um, wait until the games are over. I like to, to read the injury reports. So unlike many of the hosts who are more timely in their submission of the clips, uh, Spencer the Wizard and I are uh, sometimes sneaking it at the end, and that's because we have a great production team. Again, we want to thank Jeff Spinard, the owner, the president, the Greg Poobah, wonderful guy, and also Ray Lewis, former strong safety of your Philadelphia Eagles, and also our director of Voice America Sports. Next week, we're going to have another new edition of Brutes of the Sports Doc. We're going to be doing a complete wrap-up of the divisional playoffs in the AFC and NFC. We'll also be giving you an update on return to play for the NHL, as well as uh, we might be firing up the hot stove, talking a bit of baseball. There really wasn't time for that. And I want to thank all of our listeners down the line. I'm Dr. Bruce Grossinger, Bruce the Sports Doc. Good luck and good sports. Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Doc. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.